Welcome to Thursday's edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Shaylee Peters on the Rural Radio Network, and I'm covering today for Susan Littlefield, our guest, Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And we've got a lot of ground to cover today, Jeff. Uh, another good day on our markets. That wheat sharply higher, grains in the green, even the livestock in the green for the most part. So we'll just jump right in here. What are some of the important things that uh, people should be monitoring right now, Jeff? You know, and that's a question that, Shaley, we, we always are getting right now, especially since we're in amongst really what I would call a kind of a full-blown weather market here. It seems to say we're usually used to talking about weather markets when it's hot and dry. We haven't had a chance to talk about a market like this. It's dealing with the weather when it's too wet, but that's okay. The great thing is the the market's going higher. We've got the green on the screen, but it's um, anytime we have a market like this, we want to kind of focus on what are those important pieces of information because there's tons of stuff out there that's being talked about. And, and really the things that I'm going to list out here are the things that I think will, if we watch these, will serve us well as this market kind of unfolds. So we really want to watch uh, those actual rainfall amounts that are happening, not only just locally, but really all across the Corn Belt. And in particular in the eastern Corn Belt, Illinois, Indiana, are the predominant ones in east. We want to watch Ohio's fair and a little bit weather. The weather forecast, we're going to talk about which particular ones in a little bit, the fund positions, the planning progress. And we can't forget about the item that seemed to be front of mind uh, for a long, long time, and that's those Chinese trade talks. Now, you mentioned weather. We're, of course, keeping a very close eye on it, especially this year with as quickly as it changes. I know one of the things you mentioned ahead of time you wanted to talk about was which weather forecasts are important. Which ones should we really be following along with? You know, and that's the big thing we have, and and I'm sure you're active on social media, and a lot of people are, and and you'll see all these different forecasts that gets posted, and it looks like there's going to be a foot of rain in different states, and and I just want to caution everybody that a lot of times these model runs can be taken out of context. So the big thing I would say in regard to these weather forecasts is make sure you're following someone on the weather who's a trained meteorologist that actually is taking these different model runs that come out. And a a couple of them we always hear talked about, Shaley, would be the GFS model run and also the European. And and we won't get deep in the weeds on on these, but a few things that I really want to make sure everybody understands is that even on the GFS model run, that actually comes out, there's, there's four different times during the day in which that particular model comes out. You know, we end up having it come out around 12.50 a.m. There's one that comes out at 6.50 a.m., 12.50 12.50 p.m. and then 6.50 p.m. And so you've got four runs and each time those comes out, the, model, the, the markets are taking a look at it. The European, which I think holds a little bit more credibility and is a little bit more accurate, that one only comes out a couple times a day. That one's actually a little bit harder to be able to get the results from. You're going to have to be following a meteorologist really to be able to get access to that. But the 10-day on that one, and keep in mind there's different day lengths, but the 10-day on that one really finishes up around um, 3 p.m. There will be one that comes out, and then also it runs again and finishes up around 3 a.m. So I think it's always important to make sure if we're, we're watching forecasts, then watching the meteorologist that's using all that different model data to then come up with a good forecast. And, and that will keep you from getting really off on, on some of these different um, probably images and things that you end up see that get that gets posted sometimes so shifting away from weather we're going to talk about fund positions now two things how do we follow along with them and why is it important that we do monitor these 
Yeah, you know, the funds, they're, they're really the ones who, uh, back in when we were back in 2012, they took this market higher than really probably it ever should have gone. And unfortunately, earlier this year, and actually as of probably just about a week ago, the funds were the ones who sold these markets off. And anytime we talk about the funds, we talk about them a lot. They're just individuals who are, are trying to go and buy and sell and trying to go ahead and make a profit. And we generally refer to them as a trend-following fund. So if they have a market that's going down, they continue to sell that market. And when the market reverses, like what we ended up seeing um, just earlier this week, uh, and the market starts off going higher, then they, trend to, they tend to stay on that type of path also. Now, each Friday, the CFTC comes out with a report in the afternoon at 3 o'clock, and it lists actually that fund position. And you hear a lot of different market analysts talk about that. But the reason we really want to monitor that position, because on Friday, that report is as of where the funds were at on Tuesday. They're the big money. They're the ones who are probably going to swing this market around. And when they're buying, you want to be sitting back if you got sales to bake and waiting to sell. They're going to drive the market higher. But if they're selling, you definitely don't want to be in front of them and trying to buy it. You know, they're going to continue to push that market down. We had their position as of this morning. Uh, what we were looking at is that we had them at about 274,000 contracts short, meaning they had sold off. So you're pushing over a billion bushels of corn yet that they're short, that if they wanted to go ahead and get out of that position completely, they'd need to keep buying that back. Over on the soybean side, they're about 166,000 bushels short. And what they'll do is keep in mind a lot of these positions now as the market's coming up into this area that we're at now, actually they're probably starting to lose some money on those. So one of the big things that they're going to be trying to do is they're trying to figure out how quickly can they buy this market back, but they know because the amount of bushels that they have that they have to buy back from those short sales from earlier, they buy them back too fast, that pushes the market up too high, and then that may mean that they have a loss on their positions. So they're being very strategic, and that's one of like I like to call kind of one of the new fundamentals that we definitely want to keep our eye on and we always want to know where they're at. A good place to keep an eye on that, I, I will be posting those positions on my Twitter handle, and so that's a good area to pick up those fun positions. And that Twitter handle is, Jeff? Uh, it's Jeff Peterson one Awesome. Thanks, Jeff. Our guest again today, it's Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. Again, you can reach out to him, Jeff Peterson at Heartland and farmpartners.com or 402-366-4694. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Well, welcome back to Thursday's edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell. I'm Shaley Peters again in for Susan Littlefield today. We're on the Rural Radio Network visiting with Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. And Jeff covered a lot of information in that first segment. We jump into the second segment with even more to talk about a great day, especially for our wheat markets, pretty much green across the board. Um, let's talk about the planting delays. Almost everybody is experiencing it, seems like. But why has it taken the trade so long to get concerned about this? You know, that's one of the common things that we hear from guys are going, why did it take so long for the market to kind of wake up? And, and I think a lot of it is if we sit back and think about it, Shaley, big picture, across the U.S. and then across the world, you know, we have plenty of corn and there's there's a surplus of beans and there's a lot of wheat. So we aren't sitting in a situation where we're concerned about running out of any one of those commodities. And then as we go ahead and drill in a little closer and we think about our situation in the U.S., you know, we've got plenty of beans. Never before have we had this many beans. We've got a lot of wheat. 
And and based off the crop report that came out, you know, last week, we've also got plenty of corn, or it looked like we were going to have plenty of corn. And as a result, that was the assumption the market was working under. And if you really think about a planning delay and and wet problems, it's really a progression. And it, and it took a while for the market to work through the different levels. And, and let me explain this progression. So the progression is normally you talk about, well, we're going to have a little bit of a delay, but it may not necessarily hurt yield. And we move through that phase. And then you get to a point where it's like, well, if the rains will just stop, then we will physically be able to plant. And and we actually moved through that phase too, because what we know is that there's been enough rain that's fallen in many areas that not only are we concerned about timing of when the crop's gonna get planted, but we're also concerned about, are we gonna not get some of those acres planted and have prevent plant? And then we get a little bit further along, and this is really the stage we're in now where you have all those items talked about, but you also have the discussion coming up and talking about what's this gonna mean for yield. So that's really the reason that it took so long for us to get here. But we're here and, and the key thing for us to look at is that this weekend we're coming into is it's a it's a critical weekend. Uh planting progress has been slow. We are thirty percent planted, you know, as of Sunday on corn, nine percent on beans, and that compared to the five year average at sixty six percent on corn and twenty nine percent on the soybeans. And and at that point you're looking at it and saying, Well, that's slow for corn, that's about the fourth slowest we've had. And on soybeans, that'd be about the eighth slowest. But then we have to look forward one more week. And that's really where the market's starting to get concerned. As we look at where we'll be on the 19th, uh, our estimation would be we're not going to be able to make a lot of progress on corn. There definitely will be some. We'll probably be in and around that 50% planted on corn, 19% planted on the bean side. But what that's going to do, Shaley, is that's actually going to be that that's the slowest corn planting pace we've had going all the way back to 1979. And then we go out one more week. So we say, well, what about as we get to the end of May and on the, because of the weather we're going to get and the rain, we believe by the time we get out to about the 26th of May, we're probably only going to be about 55% planted on corn and about 21% planted on beans. And so now we're sitting at the end of May. The five-year average at that time, we really should be 90% planted, but we're not. We'd be somewhere around about 55. And over on the soybean side, we should be somewhere around 62% planted, but we're thinking we're only going to be about 21%. So that's where it's going to start getting the market even in more nervous than, than what it is already. So all of that considered then, Jeff, what should producers be thinking about in regards to their marketing? Yeah, this is this is really emotional right now because we, we had a market where everybody thought that it just wasn't ever going to turn around and start stop going down, and we've reversed. And now what will happen, we know human nature is such that we'll get bullish really quick and, and we'll probably think, oh, well, I, I shouldn't sell because i got to try to make money. But what I recommend doing right now is, is really making sure as you have a little bit of time, figure out those break-evens and know where you're at. But most importantly, understand how much of this crop for the, the 19 crop, this one you're getting ready to plant, are you willing to sell ahead? And really focus hard on what's going to trigger those sales and also what's going to trigger you finishing up and cleaning out those remaining bushels that you've got on the old crop side. Because this, this market's given us another chance. So then the million-dollar question, get out your crystal ball there. Uh, how high do you think these markets could go, Jeff? You know, and that's a question we get asked every day, Shaylee. But, and I think the best way to say is it all depends on time. I think the first thing we want to set our targets on here right now is that 
on the December corn, the 4 to 405 area, which we're coming right up against, is going to be our first level of resistance. If the weather performs like we think it will with the amount of rain and we get a wet forecast coming into Monday, I believe the market will break through that level and then it will be setting its sight on probably the 410 to 415 area on the December futures. So those would be our first two initial targets. To go any higher than that, we're going to have to have additional weather, weather conditions come in down the road. All right. Thanks so much. If someone wants to reach out to you, Jeff, outside of the final bell, where can they do that? Best way, uh, give me a call at 402-366-4694. Check us out on the web at heartlandfarmpartners.com or follow me on Twitter at jeffpeterson01. Jeff Peterson, Heartland Farm Partners. It's Thursday's edition of the Fontenelle Final Bell.